talking about the chicken a la king. Mango and garbanzo tabbouleh. Real potatoes and vegetables with roasted garlic and basil. Zucchini ziti. Granola fruit bar. Look at all this beautiful food. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, where I interview amazing people with amazing minds, but all I care about is what is in their fridge. Today's guest, oh my God, Uh he's been on so Uh many incredible things. Lay it on him, From the boondocks to the Ninja (laughs) Turtles, from whose line is it anyway, to Malcolm in the Whittle. In the Whittle. In the Whittle. <laughs> that tiny little Malcolm in the Whittle. I was reading a little to, to the next word, which started with a W, which was Weeds, Boston Legal, Harold and Kumar, so much Ugh. more. Not to mention, starring alongside Dana Dute on the hit mm-hmm. Netflix show, mm-hmm. The Crew. Such a hit that one season was enough to take the place of nine. As they said, Dan and that. One and done because it's just too much fun. <laughs> Please welcome one of the greats, Gary Anthony Williams. Wow, I don't know about one of the greats. Can we just cut the one of? We can edit that out and just, but then it's going to be, if we just cut out the no, one I of. I don't want to edit it out. I want people to hear that you screwed up and just call me one of the greats instead of the great. Gary Anthony Williams. So let's cut out the one of and let's cut out the S. I will not cut off the S. Please welcome the greats. Gary Anthony Williams is is how it will sound. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for recognizing my multiple personality (laughs) disorder. I appreciate that. Now, Gary, you and I worked on a show together, but it was a very special type of show because the crew was filmed knee deep in the pandemic. We were, we were like, we got cut off by the pandemic, and we were the first Netflix show back during the pandemic, while pandemicing was happening. And we were the first Netflix show canceled after yeah. or during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> feels good. So many firsts. But it was so bizarre because we started shooting before there was a vaccine, and we had to quarantine together. We basically lived together in a hotel for months. We were all shacked up together. We got to know each other very, very intimately. Yeah, yeah. I still have, you remember how we all, we bought those make your own tattoo kits and we tattooed each other, but we tattooed each other's, oh guys, the audience needs to know this. We tattooed each other's backs. So we never even saw what tattoo was on our own back. And finally, I, I got new mirrors. You know how I told you I wanted my whole house mirrored? Right. Finally, I got my whole house mirrored, and I just saw the smiling face of Dana Duke, two thumbs upping on my back. So I didn't even realize that you put your own self on my back. It took a long time to do that. And I got to say, I wish it took longer. Well, just I'm glad- me laying there face down with you telling stories and humming, telling hum stories. And and tattooing me is still one of the, it's still how I get to sleep at night, thinking of those memories. You know, my memory is, because when you put your, the I actually still haven't seen the tattoo that you put on my back, even though weirdly enough, there's a mirror right behind me right now. Uh. Um, but I remember it wasn't as pleasant because you were, you, you were listening to like, World War II podcasts. World War II podcasts, yeah. World while you were giving me the tattoo. And anytime I'd say something, you'd be like, shh, 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 shh. 
I'm, right. I, I, because uh, my dad was in World War II and I was like, oh, are they going to say his name this time? Are they going to say his name? And they never did. But I always want to listen just in case they said his name. So I couldn't have I did not like when you started going, oh, like little pain noises. That was I hate to use the word irritating, uh, but that was very irritating to me. Yeah. Just, I just because I really, I really like to concentrate on when I listen to a podcast. Speaking of concentration camps. Yes. Because that's a World you. War II thing. Yes, it is. Mishpucha. We are going to concentrate on your fridge. You guys can see. That was the best segue of all time. You uh-huh. guys can see Gary's fridge on my Instagram at Stand Up Dan, I am going to share the screen here now. Oh, look at oh look! Look at this fridge. Okay, look at those memories. Wow! Oh look! <laughs> well, Gary Anthony Williams, I will tell you, of all the fridges I've seen, I've seen many celebrity fridges. <laughs> yes. Okay, this, not a surprise, might be the healthiest fridge <laughs> that has been featured on Green Eggs and Dan. I mean, there's so much green. There's green everywhere. From the lettuces to the jalapenos to more lettuces in the crisper. And by the way, if you go all the way down left, there's some little there's a little red thing right at the front. That guy. Yep. Those are peppers from my yard that I grew that I let dry. Wow. Uh, Yeah. So those are dried peppers from my very own very own garden so let's talk about let's do it le- well okay the elephant in the well we'll get to the elephant in the room in a second mm. and by the way i don't know how many of your guests have ever had elephant meat right uh but i'm guessing i i doubt it's gamey i doubt it's greasy i bet it's i bet you it's one of the sweeter meats is elephant meat yeah um, I know yeah. their marrow is like elephant marrow is very sweet. It's like eating marshmallows. How do you know this? I saw it on a TV show one time. What show showcases elephant marrow? It was a show about these uh, Africans, and they showed them drinking like some uh, cow's blood. Oh yeah, the uh, the Maasai's. Yeah, yeah, and then eating marrow. It's cracking those bones and eating marrows. It's delicioso, but. You're not a marrow eater. And again, no. that's the actual, weirdly enough, the elephant in the room is about how no elephants are ever consumed <laughs> in this fridge. Never. But we'll get to that soon. You also have, I know that you are a, you're a curator of fine liqueurs. I am. You actually have, uh, do you still have that booze podcast going on? I do. Uh, Day Drinking with Gary and Elliot. Day Drinking with Gary and Elliot. It is a booze-fueled cocktail based podcast which is very funny but what is this bottle over here on the uh bottom shelf here oh where is it let me see what you what you zoom in, I in just on. circled i it. also have another oh right you know what there. that is man there is this great cider place up in paso robles mm. uh el paso i only go to places where i can speak spanish right see in paso robles there's a great cider place called ten Tin City Cider. Yes. And that is a bottle of their Crackberry. Huh. That's the name of that right there. And it is really delicious. There's no sugar added to their ciders. It's just freaking delicious. That's exactly what that is. I love that. And actually, I don't know if you remember, but I had a lot of ciders when we were on the crew in my green room. That was like my little celebration drink. Uh, huge fan. Yeah. I didn't really know ciders then, man. I, I didn't really know it till... Uh, Till right after then, right after I finished 
right around then, um, the, the director of the crew, Andy Fickman, hooked me up with a, a winery up in Paso Robles. And on the way back, somebody was like, oh, you should go by this dude's place. And that's when I got into ciders right then. You know, weirdly enough, cider is having quite a moment right now in America. It's popping up everywhere. It used to be the highest selling alcohol in America pre-prohibition. Well, that makes sense because of the, the way they make it, huh? Apples and what? Yeah. And New York State was uh, the orchard king of, of the uh, pre-prohibition days. That's where most of the cider came from. That was like their their number one agricultural anything was apples. I went to, uh, I was shooting, a, I hate to drop names but i was shooting a here comes a name drop movie mm. uh in wait uh, was the was yeah. the it wasn't you weren't dropping the name of an actor you were just dropping the fact that it was a movie yeah yeah oh and uh, it could and be i any... know a lot of your audience is gonna go there goes the old highfalutin uh uppity or as we would call it in the black world sadiddy there goes that sadiddy gary uh, dropping the names of products. Yeah, I was shooting a movie. Okay. Uh, in Michigan. Right. Oh, this about... was the this was the student film you were telling me about. Yeah. Well. Wow. Yeah. Um, it was by students for students, including students. Uh, yeah, the student film. Right. I, I. But this was recent, though. You weren't a student of the school, so how did you? get in that movie i've worried like a i don't know there's there was a uh long ago there was this this black dude uh i think his name is rob is it robert smalls who was able to steal one of the confederate ships by pulling a hat down over his head and he learned all of the signals of the confederacy and he stole the ship and he went up and down the coast getting slaves and taking them to freedom mm -hmm. so that's how i got in the movie by the way i kind of robert small that just pulled a hat over my head and acted super young i acted super young i'm sure robert smalls would be happy that that's his legacy i really hope that's his first name because if it's not then i just lost three black points <laughs> okay what is this uh this yellow stuff over here that is in tupperware now that is something that normally i don't eat but i've started eating again which those are cornmeal grains it's just straight up cornmeal. Mm. Put them in the instant pot every time the burn warning goes off. But sometimes they get sick of quinoa and I just want the taste of South in my mouth. Yeah. You are you're from the South. Yeah, I'm from Fayetteville, Georgia. And yeah. I grew up eating grits, but usually white grits more than yellow grits. Really? And that's what, what that is. What is that about? Is that a well, racial I only see color. You know how some people don't see it at all? Right. Literally, I only see color. I don't see sex. Uh, right. I don't see sexual leanings or or sexual orientations. Right. I literally see color. Oh, black guy, white guy, brown guy. Mm. That's all I see. With grits as well. With grits as well. With anything, I'm all about color. <laughs> and and not just about it, but putting things in their place due to color. When my son was young, he was like, "Daddy, why are people different colors?" And I said, "So we know which ones to hate." And I still I still live that way. I still live that way. I don't know if Robert Smalls would be happy that you are no, the one carrying. He would not. He later became a senator, by the way. Did he? Yeah. Free, we don't even freed slave, saved saved his family members, saved a bunch of slaves. Later became a senator. Wow, you should make a student film about him. No, I yeah, I, I lost that hat that I pull over my head <laughs> to pretend that I'm young.
So, okay, let's get into the elephant now, which yeah. is that you, my friend, are a uh, you're a recent convert to veganism. Recent, if recent is 1996. Uh, I stopped eating meat in 87. That was three years before you were born, probably. Right, and, right, right. Uh, then I stopped. Uh, I stopped dairy, honey. By the way, you should know that I'm a. I'm like a time traveler, like uh, the oh. guy in uh, what was that show? The one where he would travel through time. I just quantum like, leap. I like quantum saying leap. quantum leap. Oh, yes, yeah, quantum it is leap. quantum leap. Okay. So 28 years to me, yes, that's relatively recent. Yeah, not a big <laughs> deal. So yeah, I stopped eating meat. I stopped eating meat in '87 because we grew up raising and slaughtering our own hogs, my grandma's chickens. So I stopped eating meat in 87 and I became full full frontal vegan in 96. In 96. Yeah. But then I had a super duper weight loss just about eight years ago. But that was all because I cut out the majority of carbs. I don't do a lot of carbs. So you were vegan when you were when you because you were you were a, you were a big guy. How what yeah. were you at your peak? Probably like 370, 380. 380. And to be vegan and be 380, it seems like a lot of hard work. A think lot about, of lentils. Think of cat think of cows. You've gotten this question before. I can cows I can tell. are <laughs> look, cows are big animals and they do not go around munching on tri-tips. Right. They're vegans. Basically, there's some bugs in the grass that they get yeah. now and then. Yeah. You can be big. It, it was literally because but I said about the carbs, I was I was never an overeater. I was just eating all the wrong things. Man. Well, that's the thing. You can have beer and French fries all day and you're vegan, technically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some beers, some beers are not vegan. Some beers they use, they use like stuff like eggshells and even parts of chicken to collect the um, and honey, of course. But uh, to collect the impurities in it, they put mm -hmm. stuff in the big vat so the impurities get clumped around it and then they scoop it out and a lot of times it's stuff like eggshells and weird stuff and sugar a lot of sugar is made with bone bone char okay we're so. getting to exactly what i don't <laughs> like about the vegan community no no you, no you shouldn't have asked questions no. this is the problem the problem is vegans know too much Oh, yeah. We, on the other side, we are ignorant. We are having our sugar, not thinking about, you know, pulverized bones. We're having our beer, not thinking yeah. about chicken intestines yeah. in the vat. You guys need to yeah. do all the deep digging. No, you're right. As, as you used to say to me, Gary, just close your eyes and taste whatever I put in your mouth. <laughs> and that, that's a way to live. That, that is a, a, that's a okay. choice. Okay. First of all, that was on day 10 of our quarantine. Right. We were all in a place. <laughs> we were. <laughs> we make no excuses we at all. No. Okay. You only see race. I also only see race. Let's talk about race. Yeah. Being a black vegan. Mm hmm. Bleegan. Being a bleegan. Is yeah. that. I imagine that that is a very specific experience that the vegan community that the vegan community probably can't relate with because I think that yeah. I imagine if you're a if you're a white mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you come from a liberal family mm -hmm. and you come out as vegan mm -hmm. they're going to throw a party for you. Yeah, the, the whites love to first of all the whites love to celebrate. Everything. The whites love to celebrate. They will find a reason to celebrate. They will switch a religion to celebrate the whites. Yes. 
love to celebrate. They have they in on my street, which is predominantly white. There's a celebration, celebration. It's just a celebration of celebrating things. Mm. Uh, they love. To I will celebrate. say this when I. I First, yeah, go ahead, my go ahead, my sweet friend. Oh, it's okay. I was just gonna set up the 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 alt the the black side of that, mm-hmm. which is I imagine that within the black community, veganism is not a popular thing. That used to be very true. Now, if you go to any vegan restaurant, I don't know a single vegan restaurant you're going to go in that's not that does not have a lot of black. Sometimes it'll be like 50-50 or more now. Really? In LA. Oh, yeah. So you think that in vegan... Let me ask you this. If you took a cross-section of restaurants in LA... Now, a cross-section and a vivisection are two different things, right? Is A vivisection, that's when you cut something open and it's still alive. Oh. I believe. Uh, yes, that one. Okay. That's, that's so the one I'm talking that, okay. about. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> If we're doing a vivisection of restaurants in L.A., uh-huh. do you think that there will be more of a ratio of black people to white people than in any other kind of restaurant outside of like, soul you know, restaurant. like a soul food restaurant or what? Whatever. I definitely do. I Get, think that if really? I walked into Granville, which is here in uh, Studio City and just and you know how I am, I'll walk in and go. All the whiteies raise their hands. All the right. coloreds raise their hands. Right, right. Uh, and then one Latino guy would raise his hands like, you know I ain't talking about you, color. You know what I'm talking about. He's like, man, I was just joking with you. I was like, no time to joke. This right. is, we're doing a vivisection here. Uh, <laughs> so I definitely, I definitely think if I walked in there and then yeah. I walked in to say Sun Cafe vegan restaurant, Mm-hmm. Definitely, it's going to be a higher number of black people in Sun Cafe. Interesting. That you know what you should do right now: pick up the phone, call Ron Russell, who owns Sun Cafe, and say, "Hey, man, would you count the colors in there right now and just see?" <laughs> uh, hey, apropos say? of nothing, we're doing a vivisection on a podcast. He's gonna be like, "What are you saying?" Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that, and a lot of it is health reasons, like uh, a couple of my friends who were like pre-diabetic or, you know, something like that have switched over to, to uh, veganism. So, uh, and also for like high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, which I just mentioned, then I think it's, I think it's, has a lot to do with that. And then now they can make vegan, vegan food tasty. When I first started, there was, there was no tasty vegan food. Well, that's the thing. You did it in 96 when even the white people weren't being vegan. Right, right. What was that like? That You were an early adopter. Uh, and I'll tell you, when I first became vegetarian, my family was like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> what does that because mean? Because we grew up, like I said, raising our own stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, slaughtering our own uh, hogs and stuff. So that definitely was hard for them at first. But then now every time I go home, like, if there's a big family meal, like they always make sure that there's something vegan down there for me. So, which is very cool. Do you think that growing up in a hog slaughtering family was kind of what might have started giving you an aversion to meat? Because I remember you were telling me mm-hmm. that the way that your family would do it is they would make you bond with the animal for two years, <laughs> not tell you that they were going to kill it. And then they'd say... Gary, come, come, hug, hug the animal, and the animal would get comfortable because uh, oh, it loved yeah. you. 
Because it and makes then, the meat juicier. Yeah, and then as it did. And then you told me also you guys didn't have like a like one of those like rods that goes through the skull or a, you didn't even have knives. They would just <laughs> kick it <laughs> until it died. It was really messed up. So I'm wondering if that led to partly why you had an aversion to meat. With your truths, with your whole truths, half-truths, and untruths in there, the answer, short answer is absolutely. Yeah. Even when I was younger and I was thinking about, and I was eating, if my brother started making any pig noises or whatever, my brother Jeff, he loved to just screw with me all the time, uh, then I would just stop eating what I was eating. If I start thinking about what I was eating, I would just stop. But absolutely, absolutely, 100% that that led to it. That's interesting to me because I feel like you'd probably get one of the two extremes, right? Like if you grew up with that normalized, then you're fine eating meat because you get the process. Right. Or you go to your, you know, the other extreme, which is right. I, don't, I don't want anything to do with this process. Well, it's, yeah, and it to me, it never was an animal rights kind of thing. It was just kind of gross. Like, right. If you've ever shot a hog in the head, then cut his throat and hung him upside down to bleed out, like it's kind of gross. It's just yeah. kind of, it's kind of nasty. I should have told you that this is our predominant audience is. But you didn't let me finish. Kids nasty age, and delicious. Well, kids age four to eleven. I don't know if that's oh. gonna win it back for them. It's gonna win it back for them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he uh, said it's delicious, ma. All right, it's time for the oink oink hour now. Oink no. Oink. Okay, interesting. So. You became vegan, and I remember when we were in Hicksville, Long Island, <laughs> yeah, where we were, we were, we were shooting in in beautiful Hicksville. Yeah, boy. It became your mission to find good vegan food. Yeah, and you quickly did, and you quickly turned us all into, you you got us to start going to the places that 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 you researched and you found. I will say that the one surprise, oh yeah, Sawas D. I remember I loving that Thai joint. Uh, yeah. They had meat stuff too, but the one surprise I found about Long Island was some of the greatest Indian food, just like just everywhere. Like you yeah. could find really good Indian food anywhere in Long Island. I don't know if they had made much more than that there, you know, bagels, but I can't really, I don't really eat bagels. Yeah. There's a huge Indian community in Hicksville randomly. Yeah. And that we just happened to stumble upon that, which was pretty awesome. So much good Indian food. If you got, let me, may I do a, a, a Hicksville Indian food commercial for everyone right now? Yes, please. Hi, friends. Gary Anthony Williams, African-American actor. <laughs> yes, I do more than student films. I also eat at student restaurants. If you're looking for a great student restaurant and you happen to be in Long Island, America, stop by Hicksville. Your Indian friends there will treat you right. The Indian food will treat you right. The only way you can treat you wrong. Ah, crap. I, I was so close. Dan, I was so damn close. You know, like, I'm, I'm seeing a running theme here. A lot of yeah. student-related things. Oh, yeah, yeah. So when we find out that you are actually... A serial killer who goes from college to college and murders people. Like we can't be surprised. Like you were giving us hints all along. Yeah, I dropped. I dropped the breadcrumbs. Yeah, uh, and I guess you can stop using the words like when we find out because we now just moved into the present. Yes. Yeah. Uh, hi, my name is Gary Anthony Williams. I'm a serial killer and I operate by don't, going. Gary, don't do this. Uh, don't do this to yourself. Why? No, because this is not... I've had a great life. No, Gary. I want to go out on top. You keep doing what you're doing. Mm -mm. 
Don't. I'm going out on top like Idris Elba did. Yeah. He yeah. went out on top. He did. Absolutely. Oh, by the way, let me be the first to announce this. Idris Elba just retired from acting today. Is that so? Mm, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now's your, now's your shot. There's an open yeah, spot. Yeah, I know. I've been growing this Idris Elba beard, man. What kind of name is Idris? Uh, no one likes that. Talk sounds, about that. Doesn't that sound Egyptian? Yeah. Yeah, Fair, like he's I Egyptian, am. man. Let's just call it. Yeah. Let's call an Egyptian an Egyptian, as you always say. <laughs> I do say that a lot. The Egyptians don't understand. And have you seen his hands? He got them pyramid building hands. And I, I hope that doesn't sound negative. That is that is actually a huge slur to the is Egyptian really? community. <laughs> then I've done my job again. Hey, look at those period per, period builders. <laughs> <laughs> look at those pyramid builders over there. For many vegans, whether or not they grew up in a pig slaughtering family like Gary, bacon is one of their most missed foods. And with the rise of Impossible and Beyond Meats, a new group of food entrepreneurs are using mushrooms to make fake bacon. By growing excessively large mushrooms and flavoring them with a few key ingredients, they're able to create some surprisingly convincing bacon. If you want to see for yourself, do a quick Google search of my bacon and see how a large pillow-shaped fungus becomes a fried, crispy, fake slice of bacon. It's mind-blowing. Naming it my bacon is fine, but it seems like they really missed an opportunity by calling it faken. Guys, it's, it was right there. Gary, we're going to get into some questions to discuss yeah. uh, your relationship to food. These are questions that I ask every guest. Let's just do it. And Let's break it not, down. It's Let's not rapid it fire. There's no rapid fire. Okay. All right. This is just, uh, you know, one. It's 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 like one so bullet. So if, if you were a cop, it'd just be one bullet and a very slow firing gun. Yeah. Exactly. Where I have time to move out of the way if yeah. I so choose. It's like the Matrix kind okay. of. Okay. Like that scene. Okay. Mm -hmm. Starting with, what is your earliest food memory? Oh, I'll tell you what. This might not be my earliest mem food memory, but it's definitely my strongest being a very little boy. And we were super duper, duper, duper poor. And at this time, my dad finally had raised enough money to build our own house. So we were living in this big wooden house with no indoor plumbing. We mm -hmm. had an outhouse. Mm -hmm. And I remember my mom about to go to school. I have six sisters. At that time, I had five sisters and two brothers. And she was about to go to the store. And I saw an ad for Cheerios and it made the little boy ate Cheerios and he could jump so high. And I became like crazy with, please bring me back some Cheerios, please. But like she could only buy certain things because we didn't have a lot of money. But finally, she brought me back some Cheerios and I ate Cheerios. And my brother, Jeff, who's always screaming, like, go ahead and jump now, Gary, jump. See how high you can jump. Because that's all I wanted. Was eat those Cheerios. And I jumped. And he was, th this time he was nice. He's like, oh, my God, you jumped so high. So that's one of my earlier memories. I was probably like four or five at the time. Oh, that's so cute. Those Cheerios, yeah, they meant everything to me, dude. And now my son was just here visiting for college. And, like, that's his chosen cereal is to eat just plain Cheerios. Really? Yeah. Did you push him in that direction? Never. Well, you know, everybody gives children Cheerios because they melt easily mm. uh, in their mouths. Yeah. So I guess maybe, but, you know, people switch cereal. But no, he's, this is him. This is his, uh, he's made life choices. And it's, I think his biggest life choice to date 
is to uh, choose Cheerios over other cereals. That is a very cute story, Gary, and I'm glad you went with that over the story when you'd have to hug the pigs as they'd be kicked. (laughs) (laughs) We, uh, I will tell you right now, like there were some pigs that were kind of nice, but what you must know, if I may educate everybody on hogs, please, like our hogs got huge. Like they were massive. Mm -hmm. They are, you don't want to mess with them. They are not kind animals. They can, they're very smart, but if you're raising them to kill, you're not petting them. So they're not kind. And the boars, the males, if they escape, any of the hogs, if they escape uh, the pen, they grow tusks within a matter of weeks. Really? They'll grow rooting tusks. Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll turn into boars. Like they literally grow these big, sharp, sharp fangs that uh, come and turn around their mouth. So you don't want, don't screw with a hog. What prevents them from growing those tusks while they're in it's captivity? It's just that thing of them being in captivity and not a lot of room to move around. When they get out in the wild and they have to root for, you know, like hogs root, they have to root for stuff and nature has prepared them to be able to do that. Wow. It's pretty wild to see. Like if a hog got out, like my dad's like, we got to go get him. If he goes wild, then that's it. It's over. The meat starts, the the meat turns bad. He goes hog wild. He goes hog wild. Wow. That and removing their testicles. That's a big childhood memory. Really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, there's a time of year when you have to take the males and take their testicles off. Right, because the apparently the testicles add a foul flavor to the meat. Yep. It adds a foul flavor. It also doesn't let them get as fat. Uh, they'll stay leaner and more muscular. Which, by the way, when I go to Whole Foods, I make sure to ask the butcher, mm-hmm. are you sure this animal's testicles were removed before the meat? And I say it loudly. Yeah, I say yeah. it loudly, yes. and yes. there's always a crowd. There's always yep. a security guard there, yep. and they're like, "Are is this?" They're like, "Is he a vegan person?" Like protesting the meat? No, no, no. He just wants to know if there were testicles on. The, yes, and and sir, produce the removed testicles. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the way you do them in the South is uh, there's a guy who comes around and he sharpens knives, like for real. Yeah. He would always come around. The knife sharpening man is coming. And then they, they take, I think it was mineral oil, but it's just a sharp knife very quickly. And you can hear those hogs easily a half mile away. Easily. Screaming. Yeah. Enjoy. They're happy. Yeah. They're <laughs> screaming with joy. Like, oh, my meat's going to be so sweet now. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to get eaten. <laughs> and and weirdly enough, you're also hugging them through that. You are Still just hugging, hugging them, them and petting them. them. And I have I have right now 17 mason jars full of testicles, <laughs> uh, just from last week. Not even hog testicles. I don't even were, worry about testicles. They... Testicle. <laughs> okay, let's say you go to do another student film, mm-hmm. and Which I will go ahead. I will. They, they 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 pull the hat up. They see that. Wait a second. He's not a student. Mm-hmm. he is that guy who was on the podcast talking about murdering all those kids. Mm-hmm. And they get the cops there. You are on death row now. Mm-hmm. You have one last meal. Mm-hmm. What is your death row meal? Oh, one last meal. It's probably going to be something. This is a oh, great question, by the way. A GQ, as we call it in my neighborhood. Great question. Mm. Uh, usually, New Year's, I make a Southern New Year's meal, but I make it veganized. Okay. So it's probably going to be that, uh, which I make a vegan mac and cheese, okay, black eyed peas, mm-hmm. cornbread, African American eyed peas. They've changed the name. I, I'm sorry, yeah, 
Thank you for being there for me. I got you. Uh, a vegan mac and cheese, an African American eye, <laughs> an African American eye piece, uh, cornbread. Uh, I'll make a, a peach cobbler, but uh, but I use my mother's tea cake recipe to make the crust down of. Mm. Uh, and uh, collard greens with no ham hocks or anything in it. Interesting. Those are mostly. So yeah, I think I would probably choose that. It's it's one of the only carb filled uh, meals that I eat now, and and I can only eat a little bit of it because I'm just not used to eating carbs anymore. It's because it just slows me down. Well, it brings up an interesting question, though. It's your last meal on Earth. You, you could do meat and be uh, ethically fine, or or not ethically fine, but you know, health fine. So you have no desire anymore. Either. Zero. If I did, I, I've always, I always tell people like I would just pick up a hamburger and eat it. If I wanted meat, I would just eat it. Uh, it's not for health. Like I'm, you've I'm just healthy you've, enough now that a hamburger right. is not going to kill me. You've just grown uh, maybe an aversion to the to the flavors now. I had I'll, I'll, forever. I have like since '87. Like I just did not want it in my mouth. And even yeah. now, like the Beyond or Impossible burgers, like it's hard for me. I've only tasted it once. Because it tastes so close to meat to me that I, I don't really. I don't How interesting. It. Yeah. It's um, mental. It's a mental thing. Yeah. Well, it's also sad because to make the impossible meat, they cut the impossible testicles off. Right. Right. Before and by the way, the it. impossible company, for every every 12 burgers they, they make, they kill a cow just for the hell of it. Right. It's not like, oh, we're saving the animals. Right. We're going to kill this thing over here. Just so you know, we're this is not what it's about. Right. <laughs> we're still going to slaughter him. This is not. This is about the flavor. We've created a fun flavor. This is not about save the cows. It's a fun flavor. That's it. <laughs> God, I bet Impossible will never hire us. You always love to say that you are very rich. <laughs> yes. Yes. You are, what is the words? You are independently wealthy? Yes. That... I'm at one with a large sum. Oh, I'm, I am independently wealthy. I'm also dependently and codependently wealthy. I'm three kinds of wealthy. Wow. They can't take that away from me. No, especially the codependency <laughs> wealthy. So you've probably had a lot of very high-end meals. What, what would you say is the best high-end meal you've ever had? The best high-end? Well, I've, I had a, a, a buddy of mine um, took, took us when I was in New York to the tack room and he wanted to make sure the tack room and a place called Coo. Is it Cuckoo that was in New York? Oh yeah, Le Cuckoo. It was a Le, French. It's a yeah. Le Cuckoo is, it is a still French there restaurant. Or did COVID take it away. It's in Soho. COVID has taken it away temporarily, but it is going to open up. And the tack room was Thomas Keller's mm -hmm. like cocktail focused tasting menu-y place, right? Yes. The the food at the tack room was fantastic that didn't survive covid right that did not survive covid they had a drink there that was listed as one of the top 10 foods by some big food critic in in new york but there was a drink it was called a tritter ricky and it was absolutely fantastic in your mouth take me through but, it what is it what was it uh i you know i don't know i think it was a uh, gin based but had a spritz of absinthe on it and it was mm. just refreshing and so full of flavor. Mm. Like it was the most flavorful, refreshing 
drink that I've ever, 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 ever had. It was fantastic. Are you still a big cocktail guy? I am. I'm not, you know, my my uh, partner, um, Elliot Blake, he is the true cocktail connoisseur. Mm. And as well as uh, another friend of mine, uh, whose name is Souther Teague, who owns like five or six restaurants and bars in New York and is about to open a place here in LA. He is really the cocktail guy. So mm. anytime I have a bunch of fruit or odd liquors sitting around the house, like I will just text him and go, here's what I have. What can I make that's delicious really quick? <laughs> right, right. It's the best resource in the world. That's that's very good to have a friend like that. Yes. Because as you know, when I need to make a cocktail, I call you. Yep. And then you don't know what you're doing, but you'll pretend like you do. Yes, I do. And you'll exactly. just throw out, you'll be like, Dan, do you have ketchup? And I'm like, I, I just want to make a gin and tonic. Yes, but do you have ketchup? Uh, in my refrigerator, in my freezer right now is a bottle of Monkey 47. I don't know if you've you You love gin. that stuff. That's that gin. I think you were talking about that. That was one of our first conversations was yeah. when... I was telling you I like Negronis, and you said Monkey 47 is the best gin. That's the best gin. And, yeah. you know, with you, it's it's like you never know if you're doing a bit or not. Right. But you were not doing I, a I bit. I still don't. You I don't st- know if I am right now. <laughs> you still stand uh, my mother, My mother thought I was born five years before I was because I was doing a bit, and I just stayed in there for five years. Uh, the, no, that Monkey 47 ain't no joke. And in the bourbon world... Legent, L-E-G-E-N-T. It's made by the same guys who made make Pappy Van Winkle and that big, uh, what's his name? The big Japanese uh, bourbon maker or whiskey maker. No, what's the other one? Sun, uh, A Suntory? Yeah, I think it's those two dudes. It's this bourbon that's only like, it's only, Monkey 47 is expensive. This bourbon is like 39, 40 bucks a bottle. And it's, Better than any bourbon that I had out there. Wow. Well, again, I am. We are both codependently wealthy, so we yep. don't need the cheap stuff. We don't need it. But speaking of this cheap stuff, what is the best low end meal that you've ever had? This can be a street taco. It can. Well, be... you know, my my dear friend, I am. I love falafel, and I don't know if falafel is high end. I don't know if it's low end. To me, it's like a little Mediterranean sausage ball. I love falafel. So any decent falafel, like I don't think Amir's falafel in Studio City is low end, but that's a delicious falafel ball to me. So uh, you know you're any, talking to falafel Phil. You are, you are aware of this. I did not think about it uh, yeah. before. Um, now I I wish my neck hadn't been fused. I would bow my head in your honor. <laughs> But last night I had a friend of mine come over and fuse my neck. So I can't bow anymore. Uh, I make a lot of mistakes at night. Uh, but falafel, I think any any falafel, it could be a street falafel mm. uh, that I used to get at Piedmont Park in Atlanta when I did the Piedmont Park Arts Festival. Or it could be one from Amir's falafel. The problem is, Dan, and I don't know if you know this word, but they make me fart. I don't know if you've ever heard this word. Mm. Well, it's very ch- dense with chickpeas. Yes. Yeah. It's a lot of chickpea flour. It's a lot. It's a lot of chickpeas. It's a lot of fiber. But I, you know, I feel like all vegans fart a lot because they're just having a lot of farty foods. That's all we eat. 
Yeah. That's all we eat. Actually, we've been editing out a lot of your farts during this recording. You, you guys listening, you're not going to hear them. But we've edited out about 17... Gary just takes fart... It's very weird. He takes yeah. fart breaks. Yeah, and the other thing is, and you know this about me, Dan, the doctors have actually connected my, one of my esophageal pipes to my duodenum. So a lot of times when I'm talking, like especially this note... That's just a fart. They've redirected. Whoa. Yeah. You've, you've read my book. My voice is mostly redirected farts. <laughs> <laughs> I heard. I, well, I listened to the audio book. Yeah. You it's miss a lot by reading it. By reading it, you get nothing out of it. <laughs> you get nothing. But the audio is like, oh, I get something. <laughs> Do you have a favorite drunk food? I mean, we've drank a lot together, but I don't think I've ever seen you drunk. Uh, yeah, it's. It used to be very hard for me to even get drunk when I was heavy. Mm. That is a downfall to losing like 170 pounds or so. You, uh, the alcohol hits you faster. Yeah. Uh, if I'm drinking, uh, no, I, I will tell you this, what I did learn, like any, like something like a, an oily chip, but it would have to be like a plantain chip or something. I know this sounds stupid, like a, why would he do that? Mm-hmm. But like, that's the only thing that really I would want in my mouth Mouth if I'm really drinking, drinking. is something salty and oily. That, that sounds like a fun drunk food, actually. Plantain, like plantain chips. Yeah. Not I the like sweetened that. kind, but just the salty, savory type. I love that. That sounds great, actually. Thank you. And by the way, uh, one, my dear friend who's the, the booze guy, Southern Cheek, did tell me, like with vodka, he's like, really with vodka, you should just keep it in your refrigerator and sip on it and eat salty, salty, oily stuff with it. Mm. So there you go. Hmm. Yeah. Do you have a favorite hangover cure? I got something to tell you, my friend, that oh, you're going to love to hear. I have never in my life had a hangover. Get out of here. Uh, and I know it's going to catch me at some point. Um, I used to think it was because I weighed so much. But I still haven't had one even after I lost all that weight. I've never had a hangover in my entire wow. life. No matter I've how never much thrown you up drank. from drinking. Wow. Um, I haven't even thrown up since I was like 13 years old. Wow. Um, yeah. Well, that's because your whole digestive tract has been co-opted for redirecting farts. Redirecting the farts. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Wait, why do you think that I, is? And do you I stay know it's hydrated? Going to get me, and I'm like, oh man, what? What's it gonna be like when I throw up again? Are you one of those people who drinks a lot of water while you're drinking? No. Wow. And I will tell you this: I try to drink more water now. I'm not good at drinking water, and neither was my my dad. Would be out in the field working in the field. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a slave. He, like we had a big farm. Well, yeah, you can be in the field and not be a slave. Right. Let's just exactly. clarify that for for the listeners. Though his mother's his mother's mother and father were slaves. Right. Uh, so it feels good then for us to be talking to each other because you were. <laughs> Your family was our owner. Um, <laughs> that is okay. We don't like the. I I told you I didn't want to bring this up on the podcast, but right, we did do a twenty three and Me and find out that we were linked. Yeah, because yeah. my family owned you guys. Yeah, nothing negative. Nothing negative. Nothing that they that paid. Was, that was they a paid, while ago. This was the eighties. They paid. <laughs> <laughs> it was the 1780s. They paid top dollar. They paid yeah. top dollar. Top dollar. They weren't trying to get a discount. Nope. 
None of that. <laughs> nope. So it was very respectful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what were we talking about? I don't about? even remember. My, my dad and my... <laughs> Oh, your oh, dad, dad out in the field He'd be out in the garden. Like, we had a massive garden and hogs and stuff. He'd be out there working. He'd come in and go, hey, Gabe, I think I better drink some water. I don't think I had no water since Wednesday. It would be like one of those things. Like, he just didn't <laughs> drink water. We are the camel. We are the camels of the Williams <laughs> family. And so I now I try to make myself drink water. My son drinks a lot of water. I'm going to drink some water now. Wow, that's weird. And you're just... Mm. You're just doing it like you like you like it. Yeah, I just did it. Sparkling water I can handle. Mm, you like the bubbles. Yes. Ice cold water better. Mm. But it, I there's never a time when I just go look around unless I'm like on a big hike or something and I go, oh man, I really need to drink some water. Yeah. So no, that's not what keeps me from the hanging over. It's just it's wiring, man. I don't know. Wow, how interesting. Yes, very weird. Do you have a, a favorite celebrity chef? This can be like a, a food personality. It could be a writer. It could be an Anthony Bourdain type. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a chef, but a food personality. Oh, wow. Maybe I should that. change the question to favorite celebrity food personality because I always do that. I say favorite celebrity chef. This doesn't have to be a chef. It can be... Uh, a writer it can be a food per- a food personality i always uh-huh. say that but maybe i should just open with favorite per- you know celebrity yeah. food personality i have two things to say to that uh okay. and i don't get them anymore because um i changed my eating habit but there's a lady here and i can't remember her name this black lady used to be at all the fairs and she made these vegan pies mm-hmm. they were screw vegan they were just like the best pies i've ever had in my life wow uh like for real for real wow just amazing pies and i know this is going to sound like me tooting my own horn but i've made a bunch of vegan recipes a bunch of them low carb Mm -hmm. that like i will put my vegan chili seriously up against any i don't know if it's okay to say mofo on your program or not you're you're allowed to say mofo okay yeah i will put my mofo vegan chili up against any other mofos mofo vegan chili okay no you, that's just egregious use of mofo mofos? yeah you got two max okay i don't think the first one even made sense you were using it as like an adjective yeah yeah i was using it as an adjective uh, my pronoun is him and my adjective is mofo i was using it that way <laughs> Him, him, sl- him now, what's your adjective? Mofo. Nobody ever asked Dan to do what his adjective is. Uh, wait, so is this a roundabout say- way of saying that you are your favorite, favorite celebrity food personality? Yes, <laughs> really. Because I will put I will put my chili recipe up against it. I will put uh, mine and Jill's um, uh, scramble. Jill, your white, your white, any, your white girlfriend, Jill. Mm-hmm. Any up against any scramble anywhere, any of them. Hold on, eggs I, in them or or vegan. Any. I of need them. I need to pause because people listening are like, why did Dan just call Gary's girlfriend Jill's white? Jill, your white girlfriend. Gary would refer to Jill as his white girlfriend, Jill, which I've is never why said that. Gary, don't do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> you just sent me to college on a college killing spree. I can at least do this to you. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, okay, so your favorite celebrity food personality is you. It's Got probably it. Probably me. Yeah. Know? And it's not about my attitude, you know? No. It's just a, it's about my attitude. Look, I, I'm serious. When I say that that chili and that scramble is better than anybody else's. Wow, I, I'd love to try it. Yeah. I'll, I'll I make did, you some. I definitely tried some of your food and it was fantastic, I remember. I also remember when the pandemic hit and you moved to L.A., you went to L.A., you got the first flight out back to L.A., and I was still in New York because I stayed with my family. And you were like, Dan, listen, my house that you were renting, you were like, the fridge is full of food. If you want, you can just go and take all the food you want. Just take it out. And I was like, okay. So it was like peak pandemic. I'm like, you know, when you think that you can get COVID from like looking at people, And I had gloves on and everything. And I walked into your house and I basically, I I took all the the food out of it. Yeah. This was like on March 13th or something like that. It was like right when like they were like, hey, by the way, everybody, the world's going to stop. And like, let's get out of here. Yeah. You took all, you took the peppers, uh, the mushrooms. I've been liking cooking with mushrooms lately. I just had a beautiful, is that lion's mane? Is that the name of that big mushroom? Lion's mane, I believe, is the name of a jellyfish. Same thing. I don't know the difference, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I might not be a vegan. (laughs) Let me, this will tell you if I'm vegan. Is pepperoni a plant? Because I eat a lot. Boy, I don't want to be the one. Got pepper in it. I don't want to be the one to have to tell you this. I I think lion's mane. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google lion's mane real quick. I think I think it might be a. Tell me. Yeah 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 yeah. It's a mushroom. It may be a jellyfish too. Yeah, I just cooked some of it the other day. Mushrooms are one of my favorite foods. And when people say I can't eat mushrooms, because a lot of people that's like their one aversion. I'm like. I hate everything about you. The the crazy part, like when I was younger, I only liked mushrooms if they were raw. Mm. Now I've found like, oh, wait a minute. You can just flavor mushrooms fantastically. That's crazy. Raw mushrooms. You just like eat mushrooms like they were like like blueberries? Like just pop them in? Yeah. I would wow. slice them and eat them like that. Yeah. Interesting. I've had them sliced like on top in, on, in a salad. Roll. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, uh, that's the only way I liked them. It's probably a texture thing. But now, like, one of the big things in vegan food is, like, mushrooms is a good, like, a Tokaya, that to- taco place, they make a mushroom meat, whatever, a mushroom filling. I don't know what the right word is to describe it. I would much rather have a hearty vegan thing in a taco than impossible meat. I don't like impossible meat. Yeah. Like give it, give me some veggies, man. There's enough veggies to go around. Yeah, but you know, a lot of people like the impossible. You know, I yeah, I, I don't mind if somebody eats meat. You know, I know that everybody's tongue is different. Like I, I I'm never going to be mad. By the way, that is your the children's book that you wrote. Everybody's right? tongue is different. Right. Yeah. yeah. I Would didn't you like, take. Can I read t- a couple of pages to the people? <laughs> Please. Okay. My mother's from up north. My dad's from down south. But everybody's different in the mouth whether you're an old, old man or a baby who's young. You don't have the same, the same little tongue. Your mouth is different than mine, you see. But we're all the same. And then I got to finish. The the guy told me to finish it tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, my God. They already did a printing, but I got to finish it tomorrow. That sounds like a better book than I thought it was going to sound like. (laughs) No, dude. It's just like, oh, our (laughs) mouths. 
I'm writing a lot of books lately. Because uh, I refuse to read any, but I'll write them. I'll write the hell out of them. I will not read them. No. This is a one-way street. So my favorite children's artist, it's me. <laughs> you know, speaking of food aversions, is there a food that you can't stand eating, that you just hate? It's funny, man. When I was younger, bananas. Like, I did wow. not like bananas. The taste would stick in my mouth. The oil would stick on my tongue. And now... It's hard for me to imagine waking up in the morning and not making sure that I eat a banana just for the potassium. Plus, I love the taste of it now. Well, you actually gave me one of my favorite breakfast treats, which I think of you whenever I have oh. it, which oh, cool. is chopping up a banana and and putting in some peanut butter. Mm -hmm. And Was then there... I like to sprinkle the blueberries on and the sprinkle And the blueberries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's funny because I make that smoothie every single day. So yeah. you eat it just kind of deconstructed. Yeah. But I every day for breakfast, I'm having bananas, frozen bananas, frozen blueberries, a big thing of peanut butter, a tablespoon of chia seeds, a bunch of cinnamon, fill it up with water. That's my breakfast every day. Oh, water. Yeah. See, I tend to use pea protein instead of water and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't want to pee in my smoothies. Why? Because it's just a weird, there's so many better ways to get protein than being in your smoothie. If you, if what it probably is, is you thinking about the pee immediately going into your smoothie. But if you pee the night before mm -hmm. and just set it aside, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you write this down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do it straight out the faucet. But if you do it the night before, set it aside, you can either keep it room temp or tepid as we call it in the chef world. Right. Or uh, you can refrigerate it and then, right. then add it there tomorrow. And you can put food coloring in it so it's not that, you know, it's a different color. Exactly. Exactly. What is your desert island food? So you're trapped on a desert island. All right. You've made some poor decisions. Now mm. you're trapped on a desert island. Mm -hmm. You have one food you're going to eat for the rest of your life and you will never get tired of it. it and, and this is a real question. Is it a hot island or cold? It's got all the seasons. It's got all the seasons. It's a seasonal island. Yeah. Two it's things. Like, it's, it's, it's actually lo it's Long Island. It's Long Island. Oh, Long Island. That island. Oh, the desert island of Long Island. Because, they, you know, they have all the seasons there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the crazy part, uh, Danidu. I mentioned it earlier. There's, there's a couple of choices I got for you. One is I really do love falafel, and I just can't eat it enough. But if mm. I'm there by myself... And I don't have to answer it to anybody. Yeah. It's probably going to be falafel. And you'll keep farting, which is going to be good for the SOS. Like maybe the, a plane flying yep. overhead is going to hear you yep. fart. That or the only, the only thing that I don't eat anymore that I go, oh, that still smells and looks delicious is pizza. And I mean, it can be vegan. I'm not even talking about with cheese mm. on it. Like I, I do crust. miss the, uh, yeah, I, I've made a couple of cauliflower crusts on my own because most of them you buy in the store have egg or something in them right uh or stuff i don't eat anymore like or, or some pulverized bones or pulverized bones some of them just come on a bone uh <laughs> they don't even pulverize it no just a bone yeah bone crust right uh, well, that's what my son used to call it, pizza crust by the way the bones like he only wanted to eat the bones he's like i don't want the pizza just give me the bones and then he would eat the crust that i would leave over and he'd eat the bones so, so maybe a good vegan pizza, maybe mm. that, because I do miss the taste of that marinara, that red sauce, and mm. uh, all the all the vegetables. And stuff. Yeah, it's a wonderful. I hadn't thought a... about that too. You just asked, and I, by the way, I did refuse to read the questions that your 
I don't, I don't know. You call him your handler right. uh, that Andrew <laughs> sent, but, um, but uh, cause I did want to think about these on the go, but yeah, I think falafel or pizza, mm. or if there was a pizza, with falafel on it? Whoa. A pizza? No. A pilafel? A pizzaffel? Pizzaffel? Those two words have a tough time with each other, those two words. Yeah. So maybe they shouldn't be eating it. No, maybe not. If it's hard to say you shouldn't eat it, my father always said. So those two things, I think. Like, both of those things taste good to me. Yeah. That's and good. pizza is the only one that I go, oh, that still smells delicious. Oh, that smells great. Yeah, you never tire of pizza. I don't think so. That's probably the most popular uh, desert island food on is the planet. Is it really? What? Yeah. May I ask yours? I know that I hate to get real personal with you. Whoa. I've, you know what's weird? I've actually, in a weird way, I've never thought of these questions for myself. You hit that F hard at the end. Yeah. Uh, my desert. My desert island food would probably be. Is it that? I don't know why white people used to do it, but at school there would be some kind of jello snack, but it seemed like it had mayonnaise on it. Did they have that at your school? Or it'd be those pears cut in half and it would have like mayonnaise and cheese ground up. Yes. I, it's so funny you say that because I was going to say my desert island food is a is a syrupy pear yep. with mayonnaise and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> like How can you never get tired that? of that? What is that, by the way? Why did... What what's that called and why is that? Why is that? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it in adulthood. I always saw it at school. It's just for kids because <laughs> the, the kids are just growing. Just for kids to leave kids on their growing. <laughs> They're growing and they need stewed pears with mayo and cheese for those strong, healthy bones. Which like will I eventually... like a pear. It's hard for me to ruin a pear. Oh, weirdly enough. My favorite Thai restaurant in LA is called Ruin Pear. Oh, is it really? R U E N P P. I swear to God, it's it called Ruin. I swear to God, Ruin Pear. Look it up. They serve lion's mane mushrooms. I will look it up. It's actually great. They have an amazing, like, little pancakey type thing they make. That is, I think it's called a uh, a radish pancake. It's fantastic. It might be vegan. I'm gonna look up Ruin Pear. R-E-R-U-E-N. Uh, yeah, I'm going to look it up. I'll... Well, speaking of restaurants, we're on yep. to our last question now, Ooh. which is my favorite question, which Ooh. is what is Gary Anthony Williams's mm-hmm. S, S apostrophe and then another two S's? Mm-hmm. What is your restaurant pet peeve? Oh, what? by the way, I just made some changes in life to some stuff you've asked me. Maybe my favorite dish in the world to eat mm-hmm. is the red curry from Toy Thai on Sunset. Mm. It may be my single favorite dish ever to eat. Like I, there's something about that red curry from Toy Thai on Sunset. And there's no fish sauce in the red curry, which is rare at a regular place that serves curries. Wait a second. You know what's crazy? That restaurant is literally a block away from my house and I've Mm -hmm. never been to it. it, it, Because it looks like a hole in the wall-y kind of place. But like their Masaman, I think they have a Masaman there. Their Penang, their Penang dumplings, that's what people love there. Mm. If you go there, get the Penang dumplings. But that wow. red curry from Toy Thai uh, is just hands down it. Now, your last question you were asking me, I'm sorry. I, I, I just suddenly realized that. Restaurant Pet Peeve, let's go. What is 
Gary's restaurant pet peeve. I don't, you know, I am, uh, and this might be because I was raised so simply and I try not to have too many negativities in my life. Mm -hmm. I don't have a big restaurant pet peeve, but I do have one that involves something restauranty, mm -hmm. but not in a restaurant. Anytime I'm watching a movie and someone orders a coffee from a coffee place or whatever, and they're walking around with the cup and there's nothing in it, and I can clearly see there's nothing in it, it literally makes me angry if I'm watching that movie. I've never no noticed that. I just shot a movie uh, that kids film in Michigan <laughs> you're talking about. Yeah. And uh, we were drinking from Dunkin' Donuts. Like somebody brought, oh, they brought coffee to the hospital for everybody. And the guy goes, what do you want in yours? I was like, oh, you can just put water in it. That's fine for me. It had a lid on it. And the girl playing my wife goes, nothing. Don't put anything in it. And and I was like, holy shit, I'm in a scene with one of those actors who think they can mime this and make it look like something's in their hands are all slinging around. That makes me very, very angry. And I'll Wait. just turn to Jill and go, empty cup. It just <laughs> makes me angry. That is fascinating. I never, so you're not even saying, so initially I thought you were saying they get a coffee and you can tell by looking in the open cup no. that there's nothing in it. You're saying when they get a to-go coffee that's covered yep. up in yep. the show and there's no liquid in it to yep. mimic the weight yes. of the coffee. There's even a, there, I just saw a McDonald's commercial where the guy's bringing in a bunch of coffees for the people, you know, he's like the runner and he runs and gets the coffees and he's handing them out and it's like, not crap in that cup. Nothing at all. Wow. Uh, can I tell you a restaurant story that this was not a pet peeve, but this was, I was up in New York with my buddy, uh, Cedric Yarbrough uh, from Reno 911 and yes. a bunch of other stuff. He's not Cedric the Entertainer, but he is an entertaining Cedric. He is. He's an entertaining Cedric. That's Cedric. how he gets us. Sorry. Yes. yes, uh, yes. Yeah. No, no. It's his, it's his mom's fault. She knew better. Uh, so, we're in New York, and uh, CJ's like, oh, Nisi's here. Let's all go to dinner. Great. So we go to this some upscale restaurant, walk up to the front, and it was packed in there. And uh, and the guy was like, he was about to say, I'm sorry, we don't have anything. And Nisi goes, three black people from television, what do you have for us? And he goes, oh. Uh, hold on. And then they give us this great table, right? Come on. And I said, I would never have the guts to do that. And she goes, either he's going to recognize one of us or he's not. And he's going to feel embarrassed that he doesn't know who we are. And he's either way, we're going to get service here. Like, wow, three black people from television. What do you have for us? That is amazing. Yeah. I'm so going to use am, that. I'm going to use that from now on. I'm all. I did one time I went to um uh what's that Mexican place in the valley that's been around forever? Um Valley Casa Mexico. Vega. Yeah. Casa Vega. And I walked in there one night and it was packed and I said, I'd like a seat, please. And the lady goes, Well, it's gonna be a wait. And I said, I'm a celebrity. And she goes, Really? Who are you? And I go, I'm Julia Roberts. And she goes, Oh. Follow me. And then she takes me to, like, okay, you had a seat. Shut up. You just wanted a good story or whatever. You fell for my stupid joke and, like, okay. Oh, I love that. That's so good. So no restaurant pet peeves. All restaurants are perfect. 
Gary, you're too nice. You are as nice as you are funny as you are tender to the pigs before they get slaughtered. Oh, so tender. Tell the people, by, uh, by the way, I, I just want to say, before we started working on the crew, and I was telling people I was working with Gary Anthony Williams, every single person mm-hmm. that I said that to said, Watch your wallet. Run away. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Watch your wallet and then run away. <laughs> don't don't run away and leave your wallet behind. They so said he's the enough. nicest, funniest guy you're ever going to work with, and they were absolutely right. I'll give it to him. They really they nailed me on the head there. Yeah. I, I got um, head nailed. <laughs> you got nailed in the head. <laughs> right in the head. What? Tell the people where they can find you, Gary. Uh, well, I'm everywhere. Uh, I, I go for a lot of heights. Uh, on Instagram, I'm at Gary Anthony Williams. On Twitter, if that exists, I'm at Gary A. Williams. I think I'm the Gary Anthony Williams on TikTok. I, I haven't really TikToked yet, man. I, I I really haven't. I'm starting to get into that game. We'll see how it works out. Yeah, well, you should. You you you're built for it. You have the frame for TikTok. You really do. <laughs> and you know all the latest dance moves. I do. Uh, so you got it all. You got it all for TikTok. Those are the easy places to find me. And then. Uh, yeah, uh, man, uh, a couple of movies out, uh, and uh, yeah, I'll be in a movie in June. Yeah, there you go. Student film. A student film in June, yeah. <laughs> it's called student film. Awesome. Thank you so much, Gary. Thank you, man. You've really made me want a mouthful of pear and mayonnaise. <laughs> Ruined pear. Why did they do that? <laughs> and, and I will tell you, like, my family's just as racist as the next family, and, and but we would all go, Oh, that's what white people eat. Like, we couldn't figure out, like, why people would put that on a kid's tray. And we thought, oh, it must be something that white people do yeah. all the time. It's just like a staple in the white household. Yeah. But you're telling me it might not be? If you're white and you're listening to this, and that is what you guys do, <laughs> please respond to either me or Gary with whatever slur you want on that, Twitter. We yeah. We don't care. Just so that we know. Yeah. I just want to know if that's what they do. If it, if Look. I can walk on any set. You could blindfold me, take me to the set, take me to the um, table where the craft service is, where all the food is, take me to the condiments, unblindfold me. I can tell by the hot sauce if that's a black set or a white set, or if it's a highly black or highly white. Wait a second. We Black people take pride in our hot sauces. We really do. We Wait, really do. But it's is not it... just going to be tapatia or... or whatever uh, sriracha sriracha it's going to be some like some texas peat up there some crystal some louisiana hot so it's going to be something like that that's going to be real i remember walking on a set and opening the refrigerator and there was like 10 different bottles of hot sauce and i was like this is a black function going down so the same way that we're about our hot sauce i'm guessing and i'm trying to find out you know i'm trying to get my reparations by through white women but i'm guessing <laughs> i'm guessing that the the equivalent hot sauce is to black as pears and mayonnaise and cheese is to white i'm well, guessing this it's way. funny because once i went on set and i opened the fridge yep and it was full of different pears with mayo <laughs> different types yeah different <laughs> types <laughs> yeah. The red pears green pears and i yeah. said oh my god this must be a white set and then i closed the fridge and i realized I was not, I, I took a wrong turn and I was at a clan meeting. Oh. And I was like, guys, I'm so sorry. 
by the way, I just Googled this and this may explain a lot of stuff. It's called a pear salad or a southern pear salad. Hmm. Okay, that's why it was probably you saw a lot more of it than I did. Oh, I love you, Gary Anthony Williams. Thank you so much. Love you, brother. Thank you so much. Great talking to you. This episode of Green Eggs and Dan was produced by Andrew Stephen and edited by Jordan Aaron. Executive produced by Jeff Umbro and The Podglomerate. You can find more of their podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music is Beautiful Food by Idan, and the interstitial music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like this show, please tell a friend, share an episode, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's really important to us, guys. Please do it. If you want more Green Eggs and Dan action, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at StandUpDan. Also, we have a YouTube page where you can actually see me and my guests going through their fridge in addition to other videos. Just type in Green Eggs and Dan in YouTube. Like and subscribe please. We need a lot of subscribers on that page. You will really enjoy it. It's a very fun element of the show. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.